left in the season where the heck did it go i'm pete mundo we're heartland college sports weekly part of heartlandcollegesports.com your independent big 12 digital media outlet thanks so much for joining us and before we continue uh, just a reminder please leave us a rating review subscribe itunes stitcher spotify google play wherever you get your podcasts and we will send you a free heartland college sports koozie in return if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review of the podcast to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. All right, let's welcome in Gabe Eichert, Big 12 today on Sirius XM, Channel 375, and also of the franchise, 107.7 in Oklahoma City. Gabe, when you look at this uh, conference this year, do you go Baylor? Do you go Kansas State? What's been the biggest surprise to you right now in the Big 12? I mean, you can go the Baylor route, and clearly what Matt Rule has done, even after you know the disappointing loss after blowing that big lead against Oklahoma last weekend, you still have to give that team a ton of respect. Uh, I, I think they earned a lot of people's respect with their performance in that football game. And for Matt Rule to have that team where it's at, uh, to most likely playing for a Big 12 championship, says a lot about him says a lot about those players working through adversity, them persevering through the last couple of seasons. It, it, it's extremely impressive, but I, I'm going to go with a more negative route. You've got to look at Tom Herman and the Texas Longhorns with four losses. I mean, this was a team that came into the season with a lot to replace on defense, no doubt, but with all that momentum off that big Sugar Bowl victory, to be where they're at, and I know they've had all the injuries. I know that they've lost some close games. I understand it, but it's still Texas. And for them to be sitting there at 6-4 and four with the expectations they had, that is, that is surprising. And for Herman and that football team and that fan base has got to be extremely disappointing. So that's interesting. I was going to go there next, Gabe. You know, you look at Texas, and people are comparing Tom Herman, year three, Matt Rule, year three. I mean, how fair is that for people on the outside looking in to stack these two teams and programs up against each other and say, has Tom Herman not just disappointed, but uh, really not come close to expectations? Yeah, and I think that is extremely fair, right? You you hire the guys the same year now. When you go back and look at it, everybody wanted Tom Herman. I'm sure Baylor would have taken Tom Herman as well, but I, I think Matt Rule was perfect for that situation there in Baylor and how he, he has handled that. But, yeah, that's a perfectly fair comparison in my mind. I mean, the guys have had the same amount of time, and it just doesn't look like the Texas program – has progressed the way you would expect it to, especially after the season they had last year and had all those guys, including Sam Ellinger, who seemed to be the answer for them at quarterback. So I, I have no problem comparing the two. And right now I have no problem comparing or saying that Matt Rule has outcoached Tom Herman this mm -hmm. season. Now those two will face off this year and we'll see how that goes and how that game ends up breaking. But yeah, I think, I think if you're a Texas fan, you have to look at it going, well, how is Matt Rule figuring it out in Waco with less resources 
with a you know with a smaller brand for lack of a better term uh seems like he's getting more out of his players as well yeah i i think that's a perfect that's a perfectly fair comparison uh, i i would understand why the texas fan base would want to look at that and then if you're a baylor fan you're looking at it going well Looks like we've got the right guy in Matt Rule. Yeah, absolutely. He's Gabe Eichert. He's uh, joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And, um, of course, with SiriusXM's Big 12 channel and also the franchise, 107.7 in Oklahoma City. So, Gabe, as you look at, at this season now for the team, of course, that you played for and that you know very well, that's the Oklahoma Sooners, I, you know, a lot of discussion about whether or not this team can be a one-loss Big 12 champion and reach a college football playoff. As you look at this team, though, how does it stack up to the Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray teams of the past two seasons? Um, I, I, don't, I do think that they are improved on defense. I do. I know that they've had some inconsistent play over the last couple of games, but you just look at the statistics, and, and they're better. They're better defensively under Alex Grinch, and I think they'll continue to get better as they develop the depth on that side of the football over the next year or two. But the offense, is the, it, it is different. It is different when you look at it. I think comparing the last three offenses, this is probably third out of those three. Um, when you look at I think last year's offense with Kyler Murray, I mean, you're seeing what he can do there in Arizona with the Cardinals and then Baker Mayfield kind of having an up-and-down year with the Browns. But those two offenses, I think the thing that sets them apart was those two guys' ability to be able to use their legs but to play from the pocket and be able to make all the throws. Jalen Hurts hasn't exactly proved that. Now, he's had some really good games throwing the – uh, throwing the ball, and you saw it in the second half against Baylor, taking what the defense gave him. It was impressive, but yeah, I think those two offenses, the two versions before this year's are probably better in my mind, but they can be a better overall team if the offense takes care of the ball. That's the thing that I think a lot of people are overlooking is the defense has received a lot of criticism, and rightfully so. They've given up some big plays. They've given up a lot of yards. They've given up a lot of points in these last three football games. But the offense has put them in some really bad situations, and that's something that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray didn't do a lot of. They, they took care of the football. They didn't make a ton of mistakes. And right now, Jalen Hurts, that has been his biggest issue over the last couple games is he has put that defense in some bad spots being careless with the football. Now, the second half of that Baylor comeback, he was spectacular. I mean, but once again, he did fumble going into the end zone. So it hasn't been perfect, but this year's Oklahoma team still a very, very good football team, Pete. But I believe they're, they're going to need some serious help uh, to get into the college football playoffs. Hey there, it's Pete Mundo, and our friends at MyBookie.ag have become great partners of Heartland College Sports, and uh, during Thanksgiving week, they've got a great risk-free, literally risk-free offer for the Bears-Lions game. You choose a team against the spread up to $250, and if you win, congrats, you've got extra holiday spending money. But if you lose, congratulations, MyBookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally 
cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. And it doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie.ag welcomes all levels of players, and they've got a great customer service team that will take you through the process and make sure that you are taken care of. So just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free Bears-Lions bet. Let me repeat that. Guaranteed deposit match, risk-free bet, Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train. Get in on the action with mybookie.ag. Promo code BIG12, BIG12. You play, you win. You get paid. So we're being joined by Gabe Iker, Sirius XM's uh, Big 12 today, and also 107.7, the franchise in Oklahoma City. So, Gabe, uh, four new coaches in the Big 12 this year. Chris Kleiman has already proven himself uh, very impressive. I know he's lost a couple of games in a row, but still wildly exceeding expectations. The other three, uh, not so much, depending on, I guess, who you ask. You have Les Miles at Kansas, Matt Wells at Texas Tech, and then you've got Neil Brown at West Virginia. Based on what you've seen from those three coaches in the new spots, who do you have the most confidence in in turning things around? I, I'm kind of leaning towards Matt Wells, and I know it's been an up-and-down year there in Lubbock, but I kind of like where their quarterback situation is for the future. You look at Jet Duffy. He's played some good football in relief of Alan Bowman. Now, we, we can all acknowledge that before Alan Bowman got hurt, now that's two years in a row, he's had some bad luck. I mean, that guy can really sling it. I mean, he can spread around, but Jed Duffy coming in this year, you saw him as a good backup option, but you were a little weary of how careless he had been with the football in the past, and that is what had kept him off the field. Well, all of a sudden, he's taking care of the football. He's using his legs. He's extremely dangerous um, with his legs in the run game, and he's become a better passer. So I look at the talent that Matt Wells can attract there in Lubbock, I think that I, I think that their future is pretty bright. I think that Neil Brown has done a tremendous job. I mean, that team just had a complete exodus of talent, especially offensively from last year. And going and getting that win in Manhattan, that was impressive. That was impressive. I think that's a building block for that program. But it's still going to take some time. For Neil Brown, I think he's a hell of a football coach, but he is. it's going to take some time for him to recruit some guys and to build depth up there in Morgantown. When you look at Chris Kleiman, it, it, it has been impressive. Obviously, had the big win against Oklahoma, but has, has probably lost some games that people expected him and the Wildcats to win, but I still think it's a process there in Manhattan. I think that he has found the formula offensively and defensively is going to give teams in this conference trouble because they do some things that really no one else does, and that's going to give them an advantage. Now it's time for him to recruit around those schematics and that mentality, and we'll see how it develops. And then Les Miles, I guess, when you look at it, they've maybe won one more game than people thought they were going to win, and there was some excitement around the program. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's why Jeff Long brought Les Miles in there. I don't think anyone thinks Les Miles is a long-term answer for Kansas football, but at least we – I mean, I don't know about you, Pete, but this is the most we've ever talked about Kansas football in the last decade. So he's done his job a little bit, but, yeah, they they still – 
still have a lot to figure out there in Lawrence. Absolutely. Gabe Eichert is our guest. Uh, Big 12 today, Sirius XM, and also 107.7, the franchise in Oklahoma City. So, uh, Gabe, on that note, you know, you mentioned some of the different schematic things that are going on in the Big 12. Uh, the average college football fan thinks Big 12. They think spread it out offenses, you know, 60 to 65 games. We're starting to see, I think, a, a Big 12 that is really diversifying itself stylistically amongst the head coaches uh, based on how well you know this game and seeing what you're seeing across this conference. How fair is that assessment and what do you see going on? Yeah, there's certainly you, – you have seen more of a willingness certainly to run the football, and I think that all starts with the offensive juggernaut in the conference, and that's Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, a lot of people think – they say Lincoln Riley offense, they think air raid. Well, I mean, that's just simply not true. It goes on – it's going on four years now where Oklahoma runs the football more than they throw it. I, I don't know what kind of air raid that is. <laughs> um, for everyone that wants to call it an air raid offense, it's just not true. I mean, the staple of this offense is being able to run the football, and that sets up all their play-action stuff. And as long as Oklahoma continues to run at a high clip, I think other teams will follow suit because you see the path to success is through having a successful ground game because it dictates how the defense has to play you. It dictates you know, the coverages you're going to get and how many – the numbers that a defense has to commit to the box. And, and, you know, that football is a numbers game. A lot of people talk about run pass options and what teams are looking at and reading guys and stuff. That Simply it's a numbers game at some point in time. That's why you see as many perimeter screens, you know, bubbles, quick screens out there on the outside. It's, it's simple math. They're counting. Hey, you get two over two, throw the bubble. So it is, it is interesting. And I want to go back to Chris Kleiman and what Kansas State is doing. I mean, Pete, they play with the fullback. Can you believe that? I mean, they've got a fullback and two tight ends on the field, and they do some things with their gap schemes and their pin-pull schemes that you don't see each and every week, and that's what makes preparing for them so difficult. Now, when you look around the league, you see other teams using tight ends. I think tight ends are becoming more prevalent in this league. You see what? Iowa State is doing with Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen and the Saner kid. I mean, they there was times in that OU when they were, that OU game where they were coming back in that fourth quarter. They had three tight ends on the field. You see Texas. You know they're still operating mostly out of an eleven personnel set, kind of Tom Herman's traditional offense, what he has gone with. But yeah, there. I'm with you. I, I think that you have seen this conference become a little more run oriented. People are starting to realize how important it is to be able to run the football because of how it impacts your defense as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I know the big conversation right now is people talk about game control and time of possession and all of that. And I think a lot of people are realizing that if you can sustain some some drives, if you're patient enough to take the four- and five-yard and six-yard chunks – and not, you know, just try to push the ball down the field all the time. Now, obviously, you're going to take advantage of those things when you get them. I mean, you want to have big explosive plays, but I think people are are becoming more aware of the balance in this game and how important it is not only to offensive success and having those long sustained drives that where you end up scoring points, but how it affects your defense and their ability to play at a high level and 
you know, letting them get some more rest and keeping them off the field for for less snaps. And I think that's one thing you see in this league this year. I mean, you're you're not seeing really those games that have 95 snaps by an offense. Yeah. Yeah, so Gabe, um, let, let's close it out here with Iowa State, a team we haven't touched on yet. They're 6-4. and four, They got a great win over Texas. They're feeling good. But when you look back on this season, if you're an Iowa State fan, how disappointed and in some ways frustrated should this fan base be with how this season has played out? Yeah, that's a, it is a great question. Um, I think early, the the big question for me is, I believe that that team changed offensively. I, I believe they got significantly more dynamic once Brees Hall got in the lineup. I mean, he is he might be my favorite young player in the Big 12 when you talk about freshmen. So you look at what went wrong early in the season. I mean, if Brees Hall is playing a more significant role, do they beat Iowa in Ames? Remember, that was a one-point game. You talk about that comeback against Baylor in Waco where it looked like they may get the win with that 21-point fourth quarter, but we now recognize that Baylor is a very good football team, so you probably don't feel as badly about that loss. Probably the only puzzling loss, and it's not even that surprising, right? They lose to Oklahoma State at home, but Oklahoma State's a really good football team, so I guess the frustrating part, about being an Iowa State fan this year would be just you were in so many close games and you just couldn't get the job done. Mm -hmm. And that has to be the frustrating part. But that is all about growing as a football program. And they still have a lot of young guys on this team um, that are going to be there a couple more years, especially key pieces like Brock Purdy. So it's unfortunate that they haven't been able to win more close games, but usually, and this is it, it is not a science, but usually when you have a year where you lose a bunch of close games, the next year when you get in those games, you tend to win them because you can lean, you can kind of lean on that experience you had the previous year. So we'll see how it looks for Matt Campbell and the Cyclones next year. But man, yeah, they, they've been so close. I'm not sure there's many better six and four teams in the country, Pete. No, I don't think so either. And I, I said last question, but actually last question, Oklahoma State, because you mentioned Mike Gundy there. Uh one and three to now four and three in Big Twelve play. They've ripped off three straight wins. I it, this just feels like a classic Mike Gundy Oklahoma State season, Gabe. I mean, when you look at this team, where it's come from, where it is, is this a building season for Oklahoma State, or are we kind of in this uh malaise of, of six, seven, eight win years for Oklahoma State? moving forward or can they bounce back to that 10 win program they were for a few years in a row i think when you look at you probably expect them to beat west virginia this weekend and then they get oklahoma in stillwater to finish the year out so you're you're looking at an eight win season with the bowl game uh, let's say they win it you're looking at a nine win season and then they're able to knock off oklahoma another 10 win season and mike I mean, a lot of people forget just how much success he has had there and what he has done for that program to make them a consistent winner. But I think if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you're a little disappointed with how this season has gone at times simply because it is probably all signs point to it being the last year for Chuba Hubbard in Stillwater. Everyone expects him to make the jump to the NFL draft and 
and unfortunate that Tylen Wallace suffered the ACL injury, but you would also expect Tylen Wallace to make a similar move. I, I can't see any of those stars being back. If you're an Oklahoma State fan, you look back and you go, how the hell did we lose to Texas Tech by 10 points? I mean, that's probably the one where you're going, wait, what you, you can understand the Texas loss. Texas was playing good football at that point in time. I mean, you can understand losing to Baylor, even though that was in Stillwater, and they just got destroyed in their own building in the fourth quarter in that football game. I, I'm, it's probably frustrating, though, but if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you have to have some positivity moving forward because Spencer Sanders, he, he looks like he is going to be a very, very good football player in this conference. Uh, he's got all the skills. He's got everything um, that it takes to be one of the great ones when you talk about being the modern quarterback with that athleticism, that arm strength, the ability to make plays with his feet. So, Got to be a little frustrated if you're Mike Gundy, if you're a player on that team. But it seems like they have they've gained some positive momentum heading forward, and I, I think that that Bedlam game is is definitely one to look forward to. That that game could be really interesting uh, for both of those teams. So it's it's been an up and down year for Oklahoma State, but I think overall you have to be a little optimistic looking at the future because you feel so confident with Spencer Sanders at the quarterback position. I am a little curious about his hand, though, being kind of being kind of quiet about that hand. I wonder uh, if if maybe it's a little worse than we thought. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on it. He is, of course, Gabe Eichert. We join him. I join him every Monday on his uh, SiriusXM show on Big 12 Today. And then, of course, he's on 107.7 The Franchise at OKC. Gabe, great to have you on. Always appreciate the insights, man. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Pete. He's Gabe Eichert, the franchise in Oklahoma City, and also Big 12 Today, Sirius XM Channel 375. I join him every Monday. He does uh, great work with Holly Rowe on Sirius XM. Always appreciate his time. Please leave us that rating, review, subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in return if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.